0: This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.
1: So welcome to another exciting episode of the Ultimate Global Podcast. Um, It's a very special series of episodes that we are doing on global leaders. Um, One of the most inspiring global leader has retired yesterday. Um, Inspiring for me uh, because I always thought that um, her leadership was driven by compassion and empathy, uh, which was unlike a lot of other politicians who have always thought that leadership is all about strength. Leadership is all about being masculine. Leadership is something which can't be led by a woman. She changed the perspective. She changed the dynamics. Um, And she showed how resilient people can be and leaders can be when you are tackling those tough situations. Um, I think she handled some of the toughest situations when we had this uh, terrorist attack uh, in Wellington back in 2019. Um, We had one of the strictest, or I can say stringent, gun laws coming into place in New Zealand, um, which was not taken very nicely by some of the people and some of the people really appreciated her her move and then of course we have had some really good uh, you know steps taken by her during COVID-19 and other kind of things that she has been doing through her leadership by showing empathy and compassion so you know maybe we can start off this discussion George by kind of talking about these two factors that Jacinda Ardern has of compassion and empathy because of which she's targeted by some people quite easily but a lot of people have also appreciated her quality she's um she's an interesting person because
0: the um you know you and I have spoken about her a few times since she she came into power. Um, personally i i I thought that she she was uh, a breath of fresh air in certain areas, and I generally speaking thought that she was doing a good job. and yet, um, a few of my business associates and that that I know in uh, New Zealand, um, one in particular was rejoicing yesterday. You know, um, I'm not sure if he ever. I don't know if he does drink alcohol, but I think he'd get drunk with excitement that, that she was finally going. So, and and other people within within New Zealand um, seem to have a different view of her. Um, I believe that the the uh, popularity of her government is 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 as low as it's ever been for her, and I think back to, like, the 2017, 20, you know, the bad old days. So, interesting lady, um, external of the country. Lots of people talk about how great she is um, in the country. Um, she seems to have lost a lot of ground.
1: And what do you think can be some of the reasons for that? Is it because um, of her being... Uh... Uh, a bit lighter on some of the measures that she could have taken with uh, maturity or with, uh, you know, better strength? Do you think her decisions could have been a bit different or do you think that there is some other reason for her own public to not kind of align with her in 2023?
0: Well, not living in the country on a day-by-day basis, um, you and I probably don't know exactly the implications of a lot of the decisions she made, but um, for me, I I thought she did a very good job. I, um, um, I I again I come back to talking to people that were business people in New Zealand. Um, numbers of them that I spoke to were very very critical of her um, for the actions that she took during COVID. Now. That's interesting, and that's business people complaining because business people are not getting business. But to the best of my knowledge, and I know you're a lot better at this stuff than me, but to the best of my knowledge, I think they have one of the lowest death rates, not not because of their population. I mean percentage-wise as well. I believe that they came out of the COVID thing better than most. So, So if you've got a bunch of businessmen whinging that they lost millions of dollars oh, geez, we, that's the price we paid to save hundreds or thousands of people, I don't think she did such a bad job. A businessman that, that, that worries about his money more than anything else maybe thinks that she did a bad job. Um, i tell you this, I would much rather have been in Australia and I'd much rather be in New Zealand than sitting in America with the losses that they had in lives.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We don't have the death rate figure in front of us at the moment. Um, But what I would like to to talk in this episode specifically, uh, George, is, you know, not from a political lens. You know, people keep on talking about politics all the time. But Jacinda Arden's uh, life, I think, has got a lot of learnings for leaders in general, in businesses, uh, outside businesses, which, you know, if you want to envision yourself to become a leader, um, it can be becoming a global leader, a national leader, a leader within a business, a leader in any phase of your life. What are some of the traits that you find we can learn as a leader from Jacinda Arden's leadership traits?
0: Um, well, this is to me, this is a big thing because. I, I believe that one of the things that she did prove. is that you can have empathy in a position of power you can actually have ethics i am i am a very long term liberal voter i wish that mr morrison had learned a couple of things from her about how you treat not only the people of the country that you're prime minister of but your own party right so and the reason i i declare that i am a liberal voter is i don't want all these people thinking, oh, yeah, he's saying that because he's not a liberal. No, no. Traditionally, I am a liberal voter. But some of the things that Morrison did in his time versus the things that she did in her time, I think it's a shame that Mr. Morrison didn't learn from a much younger prime minister. Um, I think I, th- I think she showed that you can be open and honest. Now was she hundred percent open and honest? No, because politics doesn't allow it. But I think she was far more open. I think she was far more honest than many a many a leader than we that we've seen before her. Um, I I think she's proven that you don't have to go and headbutt. You shouldn't be trying to demand respect. You can command respect from your behaviour. Um, and and be honest, Sarab, I'm at a bit of a loss as to why her popularity has fallen. Um, um, I've had enough things on my plate within Australia and things that I'm doing at the moment, as you well know. Um, and so I haven't gone back and studied this as much. But I certainly am intending to do so because it's disappointing to me that somebody that I thought was doing a lot of good stuff decided decided to call it a day. and um, it's intriguing to me that she's got such a low popularity, which would suggest that you and I are wrong thinking that she's done it right. Doesn't make sense. Of course. So um, I think if you think of Nelson Mandela, if you think of um, Gandhi, people like that, I'm not putting her in the same category as them because that that's some pretty big shoes to to put her in the same shoes as. But they they came from this space of being open and honest with people, and it not having to be abusing everybody. Um, and um, I, I I just yeah I'm at a bit of a loss as to why she's lost the popularity.
1: Uh, if we just look at these two factors, George, um, when she's um, I was le- I was reading a couple of articles yesterday, uh, which pointed out towards this direction that. During her leadership time of five years, six years, a lot of leaders from outside and within his own country, uh, within her own country, stated the fact that um, she, she was not fit for the role because uh, she lacked the strength to take competitive decisions. Um, she was too high on compassion and empathy. Um, I don't understand this kind of a philosophy when people and leaders are attacked by this fact that they are too compassionate and empathetic do you think that it's a it's a fair fair attack from uh, others on leaders to be empathetic or does it you know is it a time for people to switch towards empathetic leadership now
0: um, when i left corporate world some 30 odd years ago uh, i was told by the um I was managing director of a company and I and I left um, and I was told by the chairman of the board that um, I was too close to my staff and I was too caring. And within two weeks of me leaving that company, the staff called the management together and demanded, not requested, demanded a pay increase. And when asked the question as to why is this coming up now, they said, we used to work with George Mavros, we now work for you. That that particular person rang me and told me this story and and thought I had put the staff up to it. I said, didn't know anything about it, but it's an honour and I don't know why you're ringing me because you told me I was too close to my staff. Bye bye. So, so, what does that what's that got to do with what you asked me? Well, I used to care about the staff, and I used to put time in, and I didn't go yelling and screaming and carrying on like a lot of other people do in management. My staff all had keys to the offices. Um, My staff worked all sorts of hours um, and never, ever complained about whether they were getting enough money or not because they loved doing what they were doing. So in business, I have always tried to embrace my staff and have people work with me, not for me. I think in government, there are times when you can't be as... um, generous and compassionate as as you can in other situations. However, I still don't believe that governments need to be as ruthless, as backstabbing, as dishonest, as unscrupulous as most governments are.
1: Of course. Um, and I think I totally agree with you uh, on this fact. And as I said that, I think uh, it's, it's time for leaders to kind of uh, change the way you think of leadership in a way. It's not always about showing strength. It's not always about dictating your terms. It's not always about, uh, you know, setting up a definite hierarchy of that's how you are reporting to each other. And that's why you see in businesses nowadays, it's moving towards a more hierarchical structure. Um, I'm coming from my own company's point of view where, you know, though we have a set hierarchy uh, but it's still so haphazard uh, in terms of uh, you need to represent your company not as, um, as a person who is just an SDR or a general manager or a CEO but you're, you're just selling a product, um, you don't tell those things um, to uh, the world outside. Um, what are the other kind of traits, uh, George, that we can learn from some of the uh, steps that she took? For example, uh, when there was this terrorist attack in Wellington back in 2019, um, there was an immediate pressure on her to make the gun laws as strict as possible. Uh, a lot of countries have struggled to do that. Uh, like United States is still facing with one of the worst gun violence in the world. But she was the one who kind of took that step urgently because she understood there is a there is a there is an urgency to take some action. Do you think that this kind of uh, uh, ability of a leader uh, should be adopted by more leaders across the world? I know it's easier said than done because every country has got different dynamics of taking decisions. But you know the traits can be picked up, isn't it?
0: Hundred <laughs> um, percent. I was around. When um, um, John Howard brought in the the gun gun restrictions um, back after the uh, the massacre that was on here. Um, and there was a lot of people that that were very disparaging towards him, one of the most courageous decisions made by a politician, and one of the most courageous decisions she made as a politician. And that's that again. Is what I'm talking about. They have. She had the ability to um, um, play it all down, like they do in the states, like certainly Donald Trump did in the states. Um, Or she she had the the option of seeing if she could save lives, um, and but lose a lot of popularity. She was courageous enough to go. For the save lives, um, I, I I can't I cannot believe how anybody in this world honestly can argue that by having more guns it helps having guns doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense um, and the U S with their first and second and forty fifth amendments and all the other stuff that they want to talk about. Um, if you look at their country by comparison to the united kingdom new Zealand Australia, and I'm not talking straight numbers I'm talking percentage of population uh, the violence and the deaths in that country compared to many other countries around the world is atrocious and it doesn't have to be and you know we don't get shocked or horrified when we we hear a, a, a school massacre in the states anymore. It's like we get shocked and horrified that we haven't had one for three months. Yeah. Um, so I think the fact that um, she she demonstrated the ability to be able to govern, but as best she could try govern for the people in instances. Um, again, as I said, I have to go back and see what it is. That everybody got upset about because i actually don't understand what people got upset about
1: yep um and i think that's that's definitely um something which uh, the new zealanders can answer i think a lot of them were also upset about the extended lockdown because of which the businesses suffered a huge amount of losses Um, and i guess when the businesses suffer losses it kind of directly has an effect on the day-to-day wages of the common people like us um, to what what they are earning. Um, one of the yeah. can I, can I sorry I need to interrupt you there.
0: Did we suffer in New Zealand huge losses of money and assets, all of which can be replaced, and even if they can't, it's just Money, or did we suffer huge losses of lives? For me, I would rather lose every single penny that I own and not have one family member that I lose. Right? So I that's the point that I was making before. The people that I've spoken to that were most critical of her were critical of her because they lost a lot of dollars. In business, and my answer to them was, "I tell you what, if if I give you more money, will you then bump off one of your children?" And a couple of them got very offended with me. They said, "How dare you say that about my?" Well, I said, "That's what you're talking about. If you're talking about so, did she lose money for the country? Maybe she did, or did she save lives for the country? Definitely, she did."
1: Of course, I think there is no point um, in that, that it's always important to uh, bring life over business, bring life over money, because if you are there, you can definitely be uh, coming um, coming back after, you are, uh, after your economy survives and after you open up the borders. Now I think they are seeing a fresh revival in, in their economy. As in Australia, Australia was locked up for two years. Australia suffered huge losses in international education, a lot of sectors, businesses, yep. events, hospitality, and now everything is coming back um, back, to, back to life. So, you know, that's how it works. But one of the other things that I really want to touch base upon in this episode is how she has inspired young women of her age. Um, you know, people like her, she's just 35, 36 years old. We have got Prime Minister of Finland, Sana Marine. She's also in the same age bracket of 32, 33. So how they have inspired the young women to To become leaders at a young age and still handling your other um, duties of uh, having a child, having a partner, but still taking out time for the country and becoming a leader. Um, but then you know, the, there are times when uh, these kind of young women are also targeted with questions. Like, um, I think recently uh, the Finnish Prime Minister had visited the uh, New Zealand. Uh, Prime Minister to to visit her in New Zealand, and they were asked about whether their visit was more about global political relations, um, or just about the two women's age and common stuff. So they were asked about these kind of stuff, that, you know, why are you meeting? Uh, Is it about political relations? Is it about your age? Is it about some common stuff that you want to talk in your personal life? Um, And I like the reply. of the New Zealand Prime Minister when she said that, will you have the same courage to ask Barack Obama and John Key when they're meeting? Will you ask the same question to them or is it just for us? So I mean to say this is you know, terrible when the journalists also ask the wrong questions um, and they try to target a specific gender by asking these questions. Do you think this is done deliberately or this is how you know, we have been nurtured since childhood? i i think um I think ignorance and
0: um buffoonery is not limited to any one profession or trade um and you've got as many ignorant and buffoons uh, as journalists as you have in any other trade or profession um, so and and she's a hundred percent right um, the the um the questions that are asked of women in, in uh, powerful positions, even to this day, sadly, still contain a lot of stupidity, ignorance um, on behalf of the people asking the question. Um, I, I think, coming back to the first part of your point, I would like to think that she has demonstrated to enough young ladies that um, it is possible to have a go and succeed. Certainly there will be a number of young women that would turn away from politics saying I'm not going to go through that but you go, you're always going to have that. I think she's probably done more good for the women's movement than than bad because I think I think that uh, again she's been able to, um, hold her head high, and yes, there'll be some women that say, I'm not going there, but I, I think she has probably encouraged, I would like to think that she has encouraged a lot more women to now have a go because they could do it as well. well I think- certainly when there's, when there's stupid questions asked like that, it says more about the moronic uh, intelligence of the asker than the actual um, uh, gender of the person being asked.
1: Absolutely, George. And I think uh, if we can learn something new from, um, you know, one of the leadership traits of Jacinda Ardern, that will be a good legacy for her to leave behind that once she has retired. I'm sure she's not going to retire from her other kinds of things that she's doing other than her political career. So I hope, you know, she, she keeps on uh, reminding us of her legacy and people can pick something from her leadership traits that we can implement, um, you know, in our, in our professional life uh, and personal life as well. Um, any final comments before we end today's episode?
0: Um, my final comment, uh, I'm going to miss seeing a natural person at the top of the tree in New Zealand i think I, I personally am does it affect me on a day to day basis probably not because we're in australia, not new zealand but i I'm, I'm I'm disappointed um and and I am somewhat um saddened that um the population didn't see the good in her that that I thought was in her
1: yep and one of the things that I want to end up this with is you know, Jacinda Arden's comments yesterday, when she was asked by someone um, about her, leg- her legacy. And she said that uh, uh, when I look back, or when people look back at history uh, during my leadership time, they might not remember what I did. They might not remember what I didn't uh, do for them. But what they will definitely remember is I was on the right side of the argument on most of the occasions even if I was pressurized to be on the wrong side of the argument Um, and she had the confidence to say that and I think that's something which I really want to learn um, in my life that always be on the right side of the argument because there will be people to deviate you towards the wrong side Um, and wrong side might look a bit uh, pleasurable, a bit more happier um, but you know. You will not be remembered for that. You will be remembered for who 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 you were and what you stood for at that time.
0: There's a um. There's a wonderful line in Frank Sinatra's song "My Way," and it actually says, "What is a man?" But I'm going to change that, and I'm going to say, "What is a person? What have they got if not themselves?" Then they have not to say the things they truly feel and not the words of one who kneels. Now, Jacinda Ardern, to me fits very comfortably in that sentence.
1: Well, thank you so much, George. Really appreciate your time again. Um, and I hope we can do more special series of episodes. Uh, on global leaders. I would love to see how this goes out, um, how our audience takes it on different platforms and what kind of feedback they have for us. Um, And I would love to invite one or two guest speakers to talk about leaders like Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama, Um, irrespective of political lines. You know, we are not trying to uh, make this a podcast for a specific political party. It is, uh, we talk about leaders who have made some sort of impact in the lives of others we talk about them and we see what we can learn from them because this podcast is all about people's stories you learn from people you learn the good things from people and try to uh, portray that in your life this is an ultimate
0: global podcast Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Sorab Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.